0: The day after I entered seminary, about 15 years ago now, uh, my older sister gave birth to my twin nephews. And I remember when she was preparing to give birth to them, um, she was getting the house ready for welcoming two new kids into the house. And of course, they wouldn't be crawling or walking for a little time, but she, being a first-time mother, was certainly uh, getting everything prepared, from the latches on the windows to the cupboards... Uh, the little plastic things put in the outlets, making sure that the kids, no matter what they did, they could not get into anything. It didn't work. <laughs> but the reality is, my sister put in so much work to ensure that she, her kids were kept safe because she loved them. I have another story for you. The story is a little bit more personal because it involves myself. When I was 15 and a half years old, like any normal kid of that age, I began to learn how to drive. I once, only once, had my mother in the car with me uh, when I was learning how to drive. She refused to get in afterward at all, so it was left up to my dad. And I remember when my older sisters, I have two of them, were learning to drive, he would oftentimes fall asleep in the passenger seat as they were driving along. He did not do that with me. <laughs> because the first time we went out, I failed to stop at a red light before turning right. I just assumed that you could turn right. Because you can do it during a green light. I didn't, didn't think about the red light situation. And I remember my dad yelled so loudly at me. And he said, stop the car now and get out. We're going home. And I remember thinking to myself that I was so dejected and I was angry at how my dad reacted. And thinking about this gospel passage this week, that story came back to mind of how my dad reacted and how my sister reacted for her kids. And I thought, you have one situation where you have a mother who obviously loves the children she's preparing to birth and is getting everything ready for them. To come home. And then you have the situation with my father, who I thought showed, at that moment, anger. But I thought and prayed about it a little bit more, and I realized, you know, the reason why he yelled at me is because he loves me. And he didn't want anything bad to happen to me. And he taught me. In that jolting yell, I remembered never to do that again. (laughs) And to this day, I haven't. (laughs) I learned from that situation. See, these are two different forms of the expression of love. One is which you desire to give everything that you possibly can to someone you love. And one where there's a a sort of a limitation that is handed over by someone who loves you. And in reality, this kind of makes our way of thinking of what love is a little upside because when we as Americans think about the notion of love especially in our culture today it's the way in which I show someone I love them or care about them is I let them do whatever they want. Imagine what would have happened if my father would have just let me do that. I probably hopefully wouldn't have gotten hit that time but certainly I would have hurt myself or someone else another time. See, love for us needs to have limitation. Not a limitation of love, but what seems to be a limitation of freedom because of our understanding of what freedom is. I talked about this in a homily several weeks ago, the notion of freedom, the freedom for, to choose the good, the freedom to be able to understand truth, But in order to understand truth, sometimes we have to be reminded of what truth is. And so it takes me back to the Gospel reading today, where we hear the story of the Good Samaritan. This scholar of the law, this man who knows exactly what the law says, stands up, trying to test Jesus, as the Gospel tells us, and says, Master, what must I do to gain eternal life? And Jesus, of course, knowing why he's asking, asks him back. Well, what does the law say, scholar? You tell me. And so the scholar goes on and he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with everything, and your neighbor as yourself. We are called to love each other as we love ourselves. But what gets interesting is what Jesus asks the man next, or rather, the man asks Jesus, who is my neighbor? And the reason why uh, this man asks Jesus this question is because he wants Jesus to be able to tell him who he really is called to love. Because certainly in the scholar's eyes, it's not everyone. Everyone. How often in our lives, in our own situations, do we find ourselves in a situation that is very difficult to love someone, especially someone perhaps we don't know? It could be for any reason. It could be for what we've heard about them, what we see about them, what the news tells us about them, whatever it may be. It could be difficult for us to love one another. And so Jesus puts forward this, this parable, the Good Samaritan, and he says, you know, this man, the Samaritan, or this, this man was traveling, and he was beaten and robbed and left half dead. And you got a priest, a Jewish priest, not a Catholic priest, a priest who walks by on the other side of the road to avoid the man who's laying there dying, a Levite, you got another one, walks by on the other side of the road, and then you have the Samaritan, the one that really doesn't have any power or authority, or isn't, is a person that no one would have expected to be the good one in this situation. And so the Samaritan sees the man half dead on the side of the road, and instead of doing what the other two did, he walks right up to him. He pours oil and wine, which are two very expensive things, on the man's womb so as to heal him. He takes him to an inn, which costs the man money as well, cares for him, and then when he has to leave the next morning, he leaves two coins asking the innkeeper to continue caring for this man, the Samaritan, or this man, until he returns. And if it costs more, he'll pay the innkeeper. The Samaritan's only concern at this point is the well-being of the other. To ensure that the other has an opportunity to live. To experience love. So for this Samaritan, it would have been a very difficult thing to not only break up your traveling for a night, not only to spend all this money that you hadn't expected on someone you don't even know, but then return and spend more on that same person. So the Samaritan sacrificed for a person he didn't even know. That's what it means to love. To sacrifice for the other. And sometimes, as in the situation with my dad in the car, in order to truly love someone, we have to admonish them because we love them. Because what does love point us towards? Truth, goodness, ultimately, God. And so there are times in our lives that in order to truly show how much we love a neighbor, we are called to redirect them. If they're falling down uh, a slide, if you will, a falsity, evil, and we know what is good and what is holy and what is really going to bring them true joy, Jesus in the gospel is telling us to show them even if it means sacrificing our own desires our own wants or hopes. That's why it's so important, my brothers and sisters, that we come to this altar week after week. Because in order to truly love someone, we have to have a great deal of courage. We can't allow our fear of what others may think about us stop us from proclaiming this truth from giving of ourselves to the other, from not following what society or what others before us have, but rather walking on the right side of the road, going to the man who was beaten, laying, dying, and giving of ourselves for him, for the other. That's why Jesus tells us the the Gospels, to take up our cross daily and follow after him. Remember what the scholar of the law asked Jesus. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Love God, love your neighbor. Pick up your cross and follow after me. So that last part is a realization that in order to truly live live our lives as Christians, as Catholics, as people who profess God as good and holy and true, we must be willing to sacrifice of our own desire, our own will, our own hopes, sometimes our own freedom. But he gives us himself The Holy Eucharist for that courage, for that strength, for that nourishment. Remember the early apostles that we heard about in the Gospels several weeks ago, Peter and Paul, who were imprisoned, martyred, many others, because they chose to love, to teach, to preach. So as we come before him again today to receive him, let us ask our Lord, who loves us, certainly sacrificed for us, how we can better love one another. How we can take what we know to be true and offer it to each other. In doing so, we may find ourselves in a much better world.